December 14, 2020. It's a watch from Pedro's show.
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Monday. I got less than a week of being 62 left. Uh, start off the show with Ruby, my dear. That's John Coltrane with Thelonious Monk and Coleman Hawkins. Pretty rare recording situation. Then we had Basic Elements. And I believe this is the so- first song they ever wrote together called Hide. And Brother Maddie's at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point a couple miles south because we're still in quite quarantino mode. But I'm not totally man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with their righteous Skype invention. I got William and Jonathan of Basic Elements on board. Howdy. Howdy. Uh, Happy early birthday. Okay. Well, I ain't here yet, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and thanks for having us. Uh, now, I'm glad to be on the ta- show. You're talking to me from Arizona? No, we're both in uh, Los Angeles, actually. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I thought you were in Arizona. Well, well we, got we... Our, we got our roots in Arizona, and uh, we, all met, we all met in Arizona, yeah, and now I, we're all trans. Now I, know, now I know, because I was reading the stuff that Ilka sent me and shit. That's why. Yeah, yeah. love Ilka. I love her. And I got to tell you. This goes way back in the movement because the guy who plays drums on the Germs GI record is actually an Arizona guy, Don Bowles. Cool. Yeah, Don Bowles. Wait, um, you don't not Don Bowles, the journalist. That's where he because... got it. I was going to I was going to say, Jonathan, that's where he got his name. Wow. Now a lot of these guys I know from back in the movement. I don't, you know, the guy who recorded our first Minuteman record spot. That, that's all I know him. So the same with him. But he had another name, and a man was blown up for investigating some assholes. And Don Bowles took his name. Wow. By yeah, the way, that was a crazy a, story. I actually remember that when I was a little boy. Uh, actually, he's a great-grandfather now. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, too bad the reporter guy isn't, because that was yeah. a ter- terrible thing that happened. Anyway. Let's talk about you guys. Who wants to go first? I want to go through your, your, your musical journeys that led you to here now. Yeah. Well, I Still. think our, our musical journeys, we have something in common. Um, you know, we both had the same music teacher growing up uh, when we were kids in Arizona. Well, I want to go, was, uh, I wanna go back. Johnson. I want to go back before that, please, William. So who wants to go first? I'll go. Jonathan will go. Jonathan? Yes, sir. Your earliest musical recollection, please. My earliest musical recollection has to be being a young kid in Prescott, Arizona, which uh, I grew up in Phoenix, but my we had like a little, you know, winter cabin there. And my parents, someone came to do some handiwork at the house. And he, I remember he looked like a, like a rocker. You know, he had this long-ass hair. This had to be late 70s, uh, maybe mid-70s. My parents were listening to classical music because that's really all I grew up with, classical and jazz. Um, and I remember looking at this guy and kind of thinking, like, wow, like, wonder what he listens to and wonder what he's thinking of this. And, uh, you know, he's kind of doing this handiwork. And he looks to my dad and he said, you guys have really good taste in music. And I was like, wow, that's... Uh, <laughs> It was just kind of an, it was a, an imprinted moment in my head. Um, and then, as legend has it, in my family, uh, my mom, uh, who was a beatnik back in the 50s, uh, in the early 60s when she was at Syracuse University, 
he used to play folk music with Lou Reed. Um, and so there was always a, an acoustic guitar in the house that, that I actually would bang on. And, you know, like, like kids do, I'd strum it and bang on it. And I never, I never got into really playing guitar, but those two moments always kind of resonated with me it was my parents constantly had classical music playing and, and my mom's hippie days of, of hanging out with uh, a young Lou Reed. Um, now, I, know, read, I, I read the Victor Bacris bio on Mr. Reed and he did go to that school in upstate New York. I think they're called the Orange Men. They're Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, kind I mean, of weird the, the kids because... say today, picks or it didn't happen. And I always ask my mom, you know, like, where are your pictures of Lou? And you know, she's got tons of pictures of her with this awesome sort of beehive hairdo and her acoustic guitar and all that. Uh, but, you know, I didn't, don't have any pictures. Like, I can't back it up with photos. But um, I thought it was that's... strange that they'd be called Orange Man because Syracuse was the Greek name for Sicily. Hmm. Yeah, see how fucked up things get? Yeah, right. Okay, now, 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 your mom was actually a player, but by this point, her and your pop, they're listeners. So, and, and I think it's important having good shit to listen to, you know? I think it, it, it becomes kind of a foundation. Now, in school, were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? No. Um, as a matter of fact, that's, uh, you know, in, in school, in high school, I was kind of a track and field kid until because I, I have a late birthday. So I was always kind of a little bit bigger. And then uh, just, you know, chronologically. And then um, as all the other kids hit puberty, I was still pretty scrawny and, and got out of athletics. And, and actually, Bill and I started Basic Elements. Um, it was sort of our first, you know, journey into playing music. And it was basically a way to avoid getting our asses kicked. Um, you know, Bill and I in the very early eighties, um, you know, growing up in Arizona, you hear a lot of rock and roll and country. Those are the two genres you get, and, you know, and some classical. Um, but we started hearing, you know, songs start breaking. What, through, what, like, what, what about native music? It's got the biggest res in the country. The native American music. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't recall actually ever listening to it. I, I know, it. I know. I, I think it's fucked up though, because like, right? The biggest res when you come 100%. in when you come in through from the east from New Mexico, right? It's called Chief Yellow Horse Trade and whatever, and it's got the strongest ass piss smell. Never got <laughs> fucking. Uh, I, right? I remember actually. To your point, though, it's interesting. You just give me a flashback. I do remember as a kid, um, I had to be maybe 11 or 12, my, my dad, uh, they took me and my brother to the Navajo reservation to witness a rain dance, um, a rain ceremony. And, um, you know, we went into this tiny little Kiva. Um, I remember my dad thought it was funny because, you know, we were in this very sort of Native American, you know, most primitive, like barely any electricity, uh, you know, moment. And, and the chief had a transistor radio and he was listening to a basketball game, I think. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. funny. But, but, um, but you actually, probably heard their drums and their uh, chants and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was Even at that young age, I knew it was something unique. Actually, a good friend of ours, Bill and I, and, and the friend of the band is a guy named Stephen Butler, who is sort of the main guy behind Canyon Records. And Canyon Records is the, uh, the biggest distributor of Native American music in the country, I believe. Yeah. So um, I knew there was – I mean, Oklahoma's a big state too, but I knew Zona had a big chunk too. 
Yep. So yep. basic and, uh, elements. Steven, Steven Butler, who uh, is part of that record company, was one of our biggest fans, and we kind of inspired him to play music. So it's yeah, interesting. It's yeah. Oh, beautiful. Now, basic elements to escape the jocks. What there was outside of school, like a music program or a teacher or something. There was bars. No, these were like full on honky tonks. We we're playing the same places that Minutemen was playing in. You know, the next week, and we were sixteen years old. It was crazy. Oh. And there was no there was no structure no, to it. No, it I'm, was... I'm not asking about places to play. You, you said something about music teacher you had the same music teacher yeah so we we had this this thing where you know we started dressing like duran duran before we knew how to play right i mean we would go to the the women's stores judy's it was called gear for guys we would buy the shoulder pads we'd wear the eyeliner and that got our asses kicked um at one point uh, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of silly, but I think Bill and I snuck in to go see Revenge of the Nerds, right? Like anyone would at that time. And they have that that seminal moment in the film, the Lambda Lambda, where they, they win the talent show by, by playing their new wave song. And Bill and I had this light bulb moment. And so we need to start a band. That's how we're going to survive this. Okay. And in order to start the band, you had to learn how to play. So I can't remember if it was Bill's mom or my mom, but... Somebody hooked us up with this woman, Evelyn, who, you know, told, you know, taught Bill and I the basics of, of how to read music. Um, and from that point, you know, we'd go to the old folks home and play Wipeout. Uh, and stuff like how, that. How, how, did, how did you know which instrument to pick? Um, well, we, well, we I think just... with, jo- with Jonathan, um, you know, Jonathan had uh, parents. Uh, his dad was an attorney and. Jonathan could afford the Roland Juno 60. <laughs> and I think that was uh, why he chose that interest, instrument. Um, what, what's also, that, what, what, what is that? Is, is that a synthesizer? Yeah, it's an old Roland. You know, it's uh, it's it's one of the old analog synths. Yeah. It was okay, pretty, I still okay. have it, actually. I still play with it. Well, they make all <laughs> kinds of shit. What well, my tuner's a Roland, you know, so mm-hmm, <laughs> you didn't mm-hmm. play the fucking tuner. <laughs> so that's why I asked. And I, I, I'm not that hip to keyboards like an idiot. I'm sorry. And, and, what, and, what, and what? Well, let's look. Let's play some fucking music. Let's play uh, New You, and then we're going to get on to you, William, and your journey. All right, and New I, You. I, this is the first time anyone's playing it, Mike. By the way, I said, you, you. This is the exclusive world premiere of this song. No one's go. heard this before. Here we go. Here we go.
Mütterlein durch den Wald getragen, da haben die Dornen Rosen getragen, Jesus und Maria. my father in the radio telling tales from a cracked jukebox it's Sunday afternoon and this is my church he speaks only to me my father talks in snare drums and microphone spit through distorted guitars in lyrics I sing over and over again sometimes he speaks in white noise and I still dance picture him sweating in a suburban band practice basement secondhand guitar hanging from his neck equipment borrowed arms around a woman in a 59 Chevy standing between the tanks that line Cypress Hill cigarette smoke against the night sky mother says you don't need to see belief is enough but this current runs one way and I want to drown myself in it. My father's words are an answer phone message requesting revolution 30 years ago. I ask him if he still believes in the freedom of music. He tells me he'll be right back after this commercial break. Stand with the eminent strength of an army, but it won't matter. Let me blindly blow a lighthouse out of lexicon, no strange and so far of whack and watch like the spitting of an atom with your non-stop verbal battering in calculus stratagem.
unstoppable battery in calculus strategy.
Every night's a different story It's a building pile pile up with you Everybody's getting younger It's the end of an era, it's true And you go Thank you. Let's have some fun. Why for Pedro show? That was the world debut, people, of New You from the Basic Elements. Basic Elements took a long time to get to this point. We're talking about this. This was teenage refuge from assholes that turn into a fucking a way to let their freak flag fly. This is a bitching thing. After that, we had Jay Maskus, Kim Gordon, Fred Armisen, and Roy Maskus. Yeah, Jay's son playing drums. I think the first time recording some benefit for a kid hospital up in Seattle. Abstract Blues. <laughs> what a title. The Hellbeans after that from Brighton, England. Four-letter wa- word. King Bomb and Kessner out of Berlin. Maria Dirch ein Dornswald. Dornwald, oh, for fuck. Sorry. Just toot me a lie. Bomas Prendon, Cowboy Sideways. Sophie Sparham. I keep fucking her name up. And Christopher Gregory. I hear my father. They're from, it's spelled like Derby, but they say Darby, like Crash. <laughs> Got it by <laughs> Voices. Brand new. Bob Pollard with another album. Incalculous Stratagem. King of the titles. Uh, Wild Rats. That's got uh, me and Steve Shelley with uh, Thurston and Ron Ashton doing Plug. Corona. Now, I was asked to play this. This is a live version of D. Boone's song, Corona, by the Minuteman. I think it's when we played with the Meat Puppets and Husker Du up in uh, 
the city at the stone. And then finally, dance yourself clean, which is the basic elements covering LCD sound system live. I guess you did this at a gig. At the Mint. At the Mint. Yeah, that was uh, that was the hardest thing People, I'd ever the, tried. The Mint is a club here. You know, it used to be half its size. It's an old blues club. You know, about 20 years ago, it got double when Todd took it over and stuff. But I remember seeing Joe Biza play there in the uh, yeah, early, uh, mid, mid-80s. But uh, that's bitching. So now I know you're SoCal, if you know the Mint. Yeah. <laughs> it's, on, it's on Pico. And, and, and not right. on the way to Santa Monica, but not Santa Monica. It's still West L.A. people. So uh, now we go to you, William. Your earliest musical recollection, please. Well, my earliest musical recollection, um, you know, my mom was kind of in that South Bay, Manhattan Beach uh, folk scene of the late 60s, early 60s, I guess, with uh, the Christy Minstrels and uh, Peter, Paul and Mary and all that stuff. So we had a lot of that folk music playing and then it kind of uh, morphed into country like uh, John Denver and all that stuff um, and I just remember growing up uh, in the back of the Ford Ranchero uh, Griswold station wagon, listening to like Dog and Butterfly by heart a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> well, they were Seattle. They were kind of hard rock sometimes. I yeah. guess music's music. You know, the big, uh, you're talking country rock kind of thing, Flying Burrito Brother. It was at, yep. uh, what's that place on Doheny in West Hollywood? Troubadour. Oh, the Troubadour. 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 Yeah. Troubadour. Yeah. yeah, but there was, yeah. Also, there was something in Venice, uh, Alice's Restaurant, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what was yeah. it called? What was called? There was a folk c- club there. Oh, fuck. I can't remember now. But, but because, uh, you know, the good thing about Alzheimer, you're always hearing new music. And <laughs> new people and... But but yeah okay okay so that's your, your background that way. What about did you do the thing in school? No. Yeah, you know, oh, you John did. and I uh, met in uh, Arizona. I was kind of a transplant. You know, uh, my parents grew up here in California, and then we moved to Arizona. My dad got a good job over there, and then I met Jonathan, and we started. Uh, you know interested in stuff like star wars and then it kind of morphed into music uh primarily pink floyd before anything yeah <laughs> pink floyd was okay and and this teacher what was it miss evelyn evelyn yeah yeah evelyn yeah. johnson evelyn johnson was uh, a music teacher in the back of this small music store that uh you know maybe had like three guitars on the wall and you know one piano in the corner and we would just go in this small closet and learn music from her and and um at the time we were really into into duran duran and we thought fashion was the most important thing so we're dressing like them and and trying to emulate them and uh so those were kind of the influences you know i got to meet the bass man john oh yeah great yeah big tall guy a good looking guy and he can really play, okay? Oh yeah. So it wasn't all fashion, <laughs> right? And that's what kind of—that's what kind of drew that, me that to mother, them. He's, was, he's, was, a, he's bad. He's bad. Now, yeah. if, if if Jonathan was on the synthes- Juno synthesizer, what were you on, William? Well, I was on the hundred fifty dollar. Uh, it must have been a harmony or something that I bought from Evelyn Johnson, my music teacher. 
And then um, I worked as a busboy and saved up uh, money for John Taylor's exact bass, the Aria Pro 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you were on a harmony bass. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there's all kinds of harmony stuff, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. So you're a bass and keyboard. I like that idea. And yeah, Aria Pro, Pro is uh, what that guy rocked. But, you know, fuck, he could work anything. He's really good. Now, the idea of the name, Basic Element, does it go way back to those days? Yeah, it does. You know, it's funny. We we started, uh, we, you know, of course, when you're starting a band, you've got to find a good name. I mean, in retrospect, I, I have like a list of 50 names that would be better. Uh, but <laughs> we're stuck with one. it because all of our archival, uh, you know, is, is Basic Elements. But uh, it's funny. I remember if we were first going to call the band Tel Aviv, which is actually the name of a Duran Duran song that we liked, and we, we scrapped that. Then we were going to do Eclipse because it kind of had a Pink Floyd vibe. We and didn't then, like, but some of the bullies kept calling it Dick Lips. So Dick then we, Lips, we, yeah. We, 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 Eclipse yeah. became Dick Lips. And and I remember, I think I still have the picture. I, I On my first day of, of high school, I had this really awful shirt. I mean, it was one of these, like, you know, just a, it looked like someone dropped a bucket of paint on a button-down shirt. But the company that made the shirt was called Basic Elements. And it had, it said Basic Elements. It had a little square and a circle and a triangle. It was kind of a cool little logo on the, on the back tag of the shirt. And um, I remember looking at that and, well, that's kind of a cool name for a band. And, yeah, and, I, I like it. You know, the idea before digital, you could make all the colors from three basic elements. Yeah. Right? This cyan, this uh, yellow, and uh, what's the other one? Red, right? Uh, RGB, right? Red, green, blue. Yeah, well, yeah the yeah. blue's called cyan. Yeah, yeah, yeah red, green, yeah, blue. Yep. And by if you put them all together, you get black. And uh, if you don't have any of them, you got white. So right there, you got all your colors. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's, so it's, I, I think you know because it doesn't it doesn't nail you down. It doesn't paint you in a corner. You guys could be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great name. What uh, about the first basic element gig? Uh, so that that happened. Um, in 1985 at the at our high school Shadow Mountain High School talent show um and and that was actually we played two songs um and I think the band had only been together for maybe what Bill 6 weeks at that point and yeah, we Yeah, I mean it, we we got together and we had this goal to play this talent show and um we had uh t- enough time to play two songs so we decided to play a cover and an original so we did a a U2 song and then we did Hide I think the funny thing was too. We did New Year's Day by uh, by you two. You have to remember too, 1985. This is you know pre. This is pre Unforgettable Fire. Forget the Joshua Tree. Um, Joshua Tree is when all the people that beat us up all of a sudden liked you too. But when we did you two back in you know early '85, they were still kind of a new wave band. At least that's how they got categorized. They're indie. And, yeah. yeah, we're indie. Yeah. So we played New Year's Day. And then we played Hide, which was that, that first original song that we wrote. And you know, this is kind of funny because I think at the beginning they still thought it was a U2 song. You know, it, it has, it's very inspired by U2. And um, I think it, it, was a, it was a good way to have the song embraced, you know, when you play that first new song that no one's ever heard before. Um, we got them all pumped up with some So So some the, gig, the gig was a success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I... I have a different history, but that's why I ask those kind of things. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour. 
December 14, 2020, Dishwap White Peter Show. Special guest, Basic Elements. Hold time for hour two. December 14, 2020, second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Last night I dreamed of a hundred million McMansions All across America burning down The smoke rose to the sky It was carried on the wind all the way down to the Mexican border Where it choked the guards at the prison camps Or at least brought tears to their eyes In my American dream In my American dream I bought some over-the-counter lemony fresh antidepressants Some jelly beans and a book on how to make pancake batter. The girl at the checkout smiled like a TV star and said, that's fake news. As she gave me my change, she said, listen up, snowflake, all lives matter. In my American dream, in my American dream, then I realized. Everyone was carrying at least one gun They were all filing into a Waffle House on Route 44 On every other corner they were beating up someone for wearing a mask As a cop with his knee on a black man's neck Married the girl next door In my American dream In my American dream Then one by one all the people stepped into a voting booth Where they each fell through a trapdoor and landed in a Russian disco Some random guy laid a wreath at the tomb of the unknown affordable apartment And wandered off singing, I left my heart in San Francisco In my American dream In my American dream A girl in a Fox News t-shirt and six-inch heels Was goose-stepping down the avenue A defense contractor in a hot pink Humvee Pulled up beside her Said, won't you join me for Molotov cocktails? I know a nice little Iranian restaurant But then that new death ray he was tinkering with Unfortunately fried her In my American dream, in my American dream. When I woke up, y'all, it was morning, morning in America. Stepped out to get the paper, saw my next door neighbor, Lieutenant William F. Kelly. He said, you really ought to try this napalm. It's the only way to care for your grass. Then he hopped into a long black hearse and drove off with Mustang Sally in my American dream. In my American dream. In my American dream. In my American dream.
Lot for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Chum doing Bruce's Beach. Then Sam Bennett, American Dream. Joshua M. Robbins with Underground. Sleepy Party People with In the Morning Sun We Stand. Or maybe In the Morning Sun We Stand. Yeah. Fucked up what? Itchio after that, Wild Mountain, Good Fuck with Memory Brine out of Chicago, and finally Chum, South versus North. Now, uh, this Bruce's Beach intrigues me, you know, because a lot of people don't know about it. This was the only black beach in SoCal. Yeah, yeah. And then the bathhouse got burned down and never got rebuilt, and it no longer was a black beach. Yeah, it's sad. And we got hooked up with um, Khalil from uh, the Sixth Sense Foundation and Video Robot, and he's directing a documentary. So this is the theme song to that documentary about Bruce's Beach. It's bitching. Now there's a connect to Pedro. The guy who helped develop Manhattan Beach was George H. Peck. He was a conductor for Southern Pacific or Shirley Pathetic Railroad. And he <laughs> right. developed a lot of Pedro. He started buying up land here and ended up developing our town. In fact, my missing man, drummer Raul, lived in his old mansion. He wow. made the biggest park in Pedro. That's where I met D. Boom when he jumped out of that tree. But he also got that stuff going over there. He was, Yeah, because he was a bottom-up guy, right? A conductor who just had maybe lucky person, uh, right place, right time, timing like that, but wasn't a shit hoarder. And, you know, which happens to a lot of fuckers who get like that, right? Like the yeah. guy he worked for, Cullen Huntington, right? He was trying to make, he bought all this land in Santa Monica. That's where he wanted the harbor. But it ended up being in Pedro, so he lost out. But George H. Peck, which uh important, both Manhattan Beach and Pedro. So there's kind of a connect, even though it's hard to see if you're in both places now. It's funny, though, because the old days, you know, Everybody in the Hollywood scene, anything south of Melrose was the beach. So, of course, <laughs> we're, we're the same thing. As, yeah. So I, I, I just thought that was neat that you guys have a reference. And it's even more bitching you're part of a documentary because more people should get to know about this stuff. In fact, Miles Davis used to play the lighthouse not too far away in Hermosa Beach. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was very Bohemia kind of. Uh, Tom Watson said his pop said that's where you bought the mota. No. Yeah, I, I saw Miles Davis and uh, Kenny Garrett play at the Coach House in okay. San Juan Capistrano. That's a couple miles south. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and then also probably many decades later. In fact, I played that place. About, I last played there about a year ago with X. You can jump right out. They got the chow tables right up to the stage. You yeah. can jump right <laughs> on. Yeah. yeah. We call it the Coach House. So so anyway, <laughs> so, so so this Chum Project. South versus North. Was this band put together for that, Doc? No, no, no. Um, I've been in Chum for 20 years. Oh, and, well, you I, know, don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm working on my mind reading shit, but in the meantime, <laughs> William, you're going to have to use Yeah, yeah. Words. So this is kind of, um, with Jonathan and Basic Elements, we just kind of regrouped and after a 35-year hiatus. And then um, in that time, I've been in a couple of other bands like Bottom 12, Spider Suit, and Chum. And, and Chum is now... Uh, you know, in its eighth guitar player, and I hopefully, I think it's a final guitar player, uh, Scott from Pedro. I mean, he's a great guitar player, and, and I love Pedro, playing from Pedro, but he lives in Long Beach now, people. He's great. Yeah. He's a great cat. Great cat. is really into clothes, but can play his ass off, too. He, especially 
kind of Scotty Moore old timey. Really, really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, yeah, rockabilly kind. He had a band with Dirk uh, Vandenberg for a long time. Uh, Dirk's one of Dirk's the guy who took the cover of Double Nickels on the Dime. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're all kind of connected in a trippy way. Uh, yeah, and then um, the our our drummer of Chum, Adrian Anthony, had an idea to do our latest album cover at Sunken City. So we have a little insert with us on the Sunken City. And uh, we call it the Endless Bummer, which is a takeoff of the Endless Summer, which was a surfing movie. But uh, uh, lands in here is Pacific Avenue, where in 1929 the cliff fell, so it's the yeah. end of the yeah. land. Yeah, so it's lands in, and uh, it was slow, it wasn't quick, but it was enough to like, yeah, it's made trippy, kind of like there was a road, and it's all graffitied up now. But in the old days, when we were kids, this is where you smoked mota and drank beers and shit. Like now, it's fast off. <laughs> I'm glad you nice. made that a, a picture in there, though. Uh, I want to play a Cinderblock. I guess this is the other band, uh, William, uh, Bottom 12. Yeah, so I...
other day and I was late for work as usual and my head was throbbing. And I'm trying to get my shit together, but I can't find my wallet and I can't find my glasses. So I say, fuck it. Slug down some cold black coffee, grab my keys and go out to my car. But as I'm getting in, I notice this huge yellow mechanism on my left front wheel. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, that's the goddamn boot. Those motherfuckers gave me the boot. It's that day in the office, so to speak. And I'm feeling kind of tired, kind of alone, so I call my girlfriend up on the telephone. And I said, honey, why don't you come over and draw me a bath? I said, baby, why don't you come over and rub my feet? And she says, sweetheart, I ain't coming over no more. I can't be your girl no more. And I can't believe my motherfucking ears. It was a goddamn boot all over again. This fucking bitch just gave me the boot. I put one on my tire. She put one in my ass. I never saw it coming. It's not my luck with last. Now my brain's on fire. So the fluid in my flask. Gonna smoke those motherfuckers. Gonna get to bed. I grab my sledgehammer, I go down to where my car's at, I lift that thing high above my head and I just start slamming away that fucking yellow hunk of metal is locking up my left front wheel, and I slam it, I smash it till I'm good and tuck it out, then I go into my house, I grab my keys, next thing I know I'm going down to shoot my old lady cause I think I caught her messing around with another man, and I'm fucking delirious, the sweat's pouring down my forehead into my eyes, the traffic's pulsating in my ears. Next thing you know, I'm down, down on the fucking ground, kissing the concrete hard. And I look up, and this pig's got his boot on my face, his boot on my face, his boot on my face. They put one on my tire, she put one in my ass. I never saw it coming, now my luck would last. Now my brain's on fire, so the fluid in my flask. Gonna smoke the motherfuckers, gonna get some Well, for Peter show, that was Bottom 12 starting off that chunk of music with Cinder Block. Pop and Fizz for Pineapple Empress after that. Down on the Farm, Moist Boys. Plutonium Farmers with Dang. Neutrals with I Can Do That. If that's what you hear in the shit hard center. Huh? They just went bankrupt. Ecole d'Excel, Heartbeat, War Drum, Sassafras, Powhatan Ma- Ma- March. Powhatan. 
They're like, uh, I think, Rhode Island tribe. And then finally, bottom 12 again with a boot. In likeness to bottom 12, it's in there with Chum, right, William? Yeah, so um, John, Jonathan took like a, a 30-year hiatus from music, and then I kind of, uh, <laughs> I stuck with music in the L.A. scene. And J.P. Blackman, he was the drummer of Faces of Eve, was a band in Phoenix that basic elements would play with at the jar and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here moving to L.A. in 1990, walking down Melrose, and I bump into J.P. Blackman. He's like, we need a bass player. We need a bass player. you got to come and join this band. Uh, there's 12 people in it. It's called Bottom 12. And um, and I was like, sure. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, that's what became of that. So what, it, uh, horn section and shit? Well, it was 12 people. It had... Um, Two drummers, uh, guitar, bass, uh, horns, uh, girl dancers, girl backup singers. And uh, JP was uh, the stand-up drummer. We had John Montgomery on the regular kit, and JP did, like, all the giant toms, floor toms, put sideways and all kinds of stuff. So it had that really – you could hear the powerful toms in the song. And then JP Blackman went on to be – the prop master for all the jackass movies, jackass TV shows. So I think he touched a lot of fake ball sacks in his day. <laughs> okay. So, but this connect would come in handy with the ref- reforming of the basic element. Well, yeah, because um, Ilka, who is basic elements publicist, uh, used to be part of the bottom 12, I don't know, fan base, if you will, but she used to come to a lot of our shows and hang out with us. And then um, now she's uh, helping us, uh, you know, promote, promote basic elements. So there's that connection there, too. Okay, okay. But JP, the stand-up drummer man, yeah. Uh, so, look, 30 years ain't a long time to be away. You know who did that? James, who? James Williamson with the Stooges. Oh wow! When nice. Ronnie passed away, right from the first two albums, uh, Ig thought, "Well, let's try it." And James ain't played in thirty years, right? He went to work for Mister Sony, and uh, <laughs> in fact, his boy Jamie told me about this thing he wrote in school essay. It was called "The Coffins in the Corner," and it was about the fucking guitars never came out of the cases, <laughs> right? But then and I remember Egg asking me, hey, Mike, can a guy, you know, get his chops back? And I said, with enough prac. That's <laughs> yeah, sure funny. Enough, the, uh, when, when, when we had this hiatus, you know, and I kind of went on for, you know, 25, 30 years, my, uh, my bringing it back to that Juno 60 synth, uh, you know, I just kind of left music behind. And that synth got passed around by like three or four different people. And, uh, it's. I knew if we were going to get the band back together, I needed it. Uh, not not just for sonic purposes, but it was almost like a Charlie Brown, you know, blanket or you know Linus type situation. Like a totem. I, yeah, absolutely. It was it was an important thing, and um, I remember, you know, I called my brother because I remember my brother was using it, and then our, our first guitarist took it to Tucson and jammed with it there. I had no idea where it was. Um, until I finally tracked it down to a buddy of mine, this guy, Steve Fraley, who's actually an incredibly talented musician. My brother was like, you know what? I think Steve has it. You should call him. And I remember calling Steve. I hadn't talked to Steve in years. I called him up and I'm like, Hey, Steve, it's Jonathan, man. What's up? He's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm good. I got a question for you. Like, yeah. Like, do you, 
do you have my Juno 60? There's this big, long pause, and he's like, I've been waiting 20 years for this call. It's in my <laughs> <laughs> That's he's so like, you, fucking you can come get it anytime you want. And yeah, then, but um, when it's better than the answer, like, no, yeah, I sat on it, broke it, or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, he had it, Mike, it was cherry. It was in a case oh, that man. I never had. It was it was so well taken care of. That's uh, right. So, I, yeah, okay. I, I recovered it. And then when we tried, you know, we decided as a band, like, hey, can we can we do this? Uh, I remember it was, it was March 2019, and, you know, and we, we got together in this Culver City rehearsal space. And, and we all, you know, we, we spent a couple weeks, maybe a couple months um, at home on our own, just kind of practicing our parts. And then we all got together. I mean, it had to be literally 30 years almost to the day. And we said, OK, well, let's um, let's just start with Hyde, man, you know, and four count drop in. And, uh, you know, whatever it was, three minutes and 47 seconds later, the song was over. And we all kind of looked at each other and was like, holy shit. You know, I mean, it literally it's such a cliche about riding the bike. Right. But I mean, it was, it was kind of magical. <laughs> People were at the second hour end of it. 2014, 2020 edition. What Pedro special guest, basic elements, hold time for hour three. December 14, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
as my tongue and I'm speechless now it's time to show this old robot down the worm is pushing to my brain and all my worries melt away I'm a dusting a dusting I'm a dusting a dusting the TV and rest your mouth listen to the Pull on the string This is the far in the thing 
show started the third off hour off with woman from Lysurge Sands then another umbrella prologue church chords she lays on a leaf the long version Elmo in the sticks with dust mint douche out of South London with a marvelous balloon adventure and finally spider suit with American ice cream so Lysurge Sands yeah, that that's a that was a um, sort of in that thirty year hiatus. Our guitar player David Yusefi, um, who you know in his thirty years you know went on to become a, a video game attorney for a, a big you know video game company, put together a, uh, a side project or a, a new project called Life Search Sands, which is as you can probably tell has some heavy Floyd influences. Dave is the biggest Floyd head um, I've ever met. I mean, when I'm talking that he owns bootlegs, I mean, he literally has thousands of vinyl presses of Pink Floyd bootlegs. He's a virtuoso guitar player. And that was a project he did um, with actually a friend of ours named Kevin Goldman, who's no relation to me, but um, he was actually our first, when Bill and I weren't quite a band yet, but wanted to be in a band. Um, Kevin, was going to be our, our guitar player. and Because he went, owned a guitar. Because he owned a guitar, guitar right. That was, was necessity. That's nine-tenths of the law. What about, exactly, what about exactly. Spider Suit? Yeah, and um, Spider Suit is uh, a band I was in uh, in the 90s with Peter Giambalvo, who uh, married uh, Vicki Burks, who was a basic elements groupie in Phoenix, Arizona. So there's kind of like a connection there, too. Right. Now, I got your your buddy, your Lysurge Sands buddy. Yeah. I got a recommend for him. Rob Chapman oh. wrote a book on Sid Barrett called A Very Irregular Head. If he's got all these fucking bootlegs and shit, tell him to read that book. I will. Because, I will. It, you know, the case is Sid wasn't insane. He just got tired of the Mersh pop rock and shit. But anyway, yeah, and, and, and Dave's got some colorful history. Like, he was in a band with uh, Fred Cross from Catterwall, um, Gentleman After Dark. So he's got some history in music too. He'll, yeah. st- he'll, st- William, he'll still like this book. I think. I want to <laughs> play. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna DM you on Skype, uh, Mike, after because I'm, I'm curious if he has it or not. So I'm, I'm write, gonna, me, uh, write me an email. I like email. Yeah. I've had the I'll, same I'll address, address yeah, yeah, since yeah. 1992. Use gotcha. my old mind spring email. I address. noticed that. 
I'm still on Yahoo too. I so want to play. Uh, yeah, but they've been hacked. That's stupid to do. I know. John Joseph <laughs> Dennis, Electric Thoughts Open.
Bob for Pedro show. Enlighten me to John Joseph Dennis in the Electric Thoughts Open. Yeah, so John's our singer. Um, it, and uh, like myself, I think took a, a rather extended hiatus from music and, and found a career as a professional sculptor, which not many people can say they do. But I mean, he is a working, active sculptor. And getting the band back together, as they say, sort of uh, in a similar way that happened with me, kind of reignited his musical passion. And um, during COVID, I mean, we had a whole bunch of plans you could imagine to do stuff uh, before COVID hit. But John you know, relies a lot on these uh, art shows for his his work. And so uh, Idle Hands being, you know, the project of the devil, he started, you know, kind of coming up with some of his own ideas and and didn't want to really wait until we could write together and found the, the world of, you know, hiring and working with musicians online. That particular track that you played um, has Dan Kanapka, he was the drummer for OK Go on drums and um, a, a quite popular Brazilian percussionist, percussionist. Um, so he's kind of ventured into this, you know, what do you want to call it, world music, um, sort of progressive style. Um, it's it's okay. going to be interesting. Jonathan, it's okay, man. I think music is music, and that genre labeling shit just fucking wears my ass out. I love that. <laughs> okay, I love that. Okay. We hear a lot of this, uh, this is yeah. really 80s-sounding stuff. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Like, you know what? That, that's what fucking, you know, both fists with wearing all ten rings. Yeah. <laughs> so that's true. what that what was what, what it peter o'toole collegial yeah, okay yes. we had rhythm plague after that with ernest angley looks out through clint eastwood's eyes that's a title <laughs> that's got wayne pete uh now's client's friend oregon man the ghost of a saber-toothed tiger great expectations probably not the charles dickens but you can't copyright a title nurse and low Sporadic, spontaneous, and finally Andrew Kubitschewski. Kubitschewski, yeah, yeah, it's Polska. Kubitschewski, great name. Uh, Rock my world, which uh, you're going to enlighten me to that. Is he a member of the Basic Element? No. So Andy Kubitschewski uh, used to be the drummer of a band called Stabbing Westward, and. Um, he is now a television composer, and and in my you know hiatus from Basic Elements, that's what I've gone on to do is is produce uh, television shows. So I get to work with a lot of different composers, and what I ended up finding out is that a lot of these sort of a lot of these composers used to be in bands in the '90s, right? <laughs> they just kind of find their way into writing soundtrack work. Um, Andrew is fantastic. He always kind of gives you exactly what you want on that particular tune. We were trying to come up with um, for a true crime documentary that I did for national geographic. We wanted to kind of get an old West feel with some analog synths. And um, honestly, when, when we got back together and decided to record our music, let, let me get this straight. Old West, yeah. an old West feel with some analog synths. I don't know if they had many analog synths in the old yeah. West. <laughs> creative, creative license, creative license. <laughs> Um, no, I know what you I, mean. I know what you mean. When we uh, went wanted to record our songs, you know, Andy was the first guy that I I turned to, and I played him our original demos from the. Oh, 80s. you mean like a producer man or an engineer man? Yeah. Okay. No, I want. I needed someone to produce to yes. produce us, and, and you know, he humbly came back and said, "Like, look, man, I'm a composer. You need a real record producer to do this." And then he said, "You know, those words that you always want to hear, which was, but I know a guy,' yeah. and." Um, 
No, so you know he, the other one is how many producers does it take to screw in a light bulb? I think I know the answer to that. <laughs> is, it, is it like five, one to actually do it, and four to say I could have done that? No. What do you think? <laughs> I think uh, one to hold the light bulb and the rest of screw in the chair. I don't know. <laughs> the punchline is what do you think I like because that. like what right they, they, they don't have make a decision right but you're paying right. buttloads of money to make big <laughs> decisions look what are you guys' advice you know of getting a band back together a boyhood thing a, a connect that you guys had since you were boys bringing it back what's your advice to people um, my advice would be uh, only do it if it's bringing you joy Um, you know, I'm, uh, as you know, we're not in our twenties anymore, right? I'm 50 years old. I've got a career. I've got kids. Um, this is my creative outlet. It brings me incredible joy to, to hear these songs and to see them embraced by people that hear them and kind of feel the way they did back in 85. You know, you don't get to go to the record store and discover new post-punk new wave music anymore like we've mined all of it um it's very hard so to be able to deliver something that's quite frankly brand new but but has that sort of vintage stamp because that's where it comes from well we uh, wrote these songs when we were 16 but now they're properly recorded which is amazing i I do want to give i know it's not advice mike but i I need to give props to ed buller the guy that did produce this you know what the the, the advice Maybe that was a bad word that I used advice. I should have said encouragement because I think it's a great fucking idea. Thank you. It's great. People, it's been the December 14, 2020 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.